0: Oh, good morning again, everyone. Morning. Everyone doing well? <laughs> <Are you? laughs> nope. Today's Easter, right? It says Easter Sunday on here. Okay, I'm going to let you change it for me, because I don't have it. I do have it now. Look at there. Hey, welcome everyone. Glad you're here. Yes! Hey, if you're joining us online, glad you're here. I'm uh, glad you're watching with us. Pray that the Spirit of God blesses you. So good to see your faces. Some of you I have not seen in over a year. I can't believe it's been two years since we had Easter service together. And uh, what a great day. This is gonna be, has been already. Baptism and worship. And it's just been awesome. Take your Bibles. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. The, uh, the man you're seeing on the screen, his name is Dr. Howard Hendricks. Dr. Hendricks was a professor at DTS, which is where our poetry reader went. Um, Dave and Lynn Malick were both at um, Dallas Theological. He's a really well-known professor, um, writer, great teacher. Um, He somehow got roped into, probably his wife had something to do with it, if my experience is anything to do with things. He got roped into teaching a four- and five-year-old class one time. And his granddaughter was in the class. It was a Palm Sunday. And so he goes down to teach the Palm Sunday class. And he says to the class, do you know what today is? And his little granddaughter raised her hand. And she said, it's Palm Sunday when Jesus rode in on a donkey. Proud grandfather says, and do you know what next Sunday is? And granddaughter raises her hand. It's Easter Sunday. And so Dr. Hendricks goes, and do you know what happened on Easter Sunday? Again, the precocious little girl raises her hand. She says, Jesus rose from the dead and left the tomb. And before he can say anything, she went on and said, but if he sees his shadow, he has to go back in for seven weeks. (laughs) (Laughter) Sometimes we hear the story of the resurrection of Jesus so much and it gets wound in with other stuff. And I was kidding with my kids, uh, who are, three of them are here this weekend, and they were joking, what are you going to preach Sunday? Probably something about the resurrection, huh? Well, yeah, I think I will. It seems appropriate, doesn't it? But I want us to look at it with fresh eyes again. To see the power. I was just overwhelmed as we were singing. I really, emotionally, spiritually, again, just trying to see the truth of the resurrection in my own life and that first Resurrection Sunday. The women went to the tomb, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. I love angel proclamations. Don't be alarmed. (laughs) They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. But then he goes on with the greatest news in all of human history. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples. The great news, the whole gospel to me is really summed up in this. He was crucified, but he's not here. He is risen. Now go and tell. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German pastor, arrested by Hitler, put into jail, was there for several years. And on April 9th, 1945, shortly after Easter, that particular year, he thought he was being transferred from one prison to another. But as he was left out, led out of the gates, the guards showed him, pointed to him some gallows and said, Bonhoeffer, this is the end. To which Bonhoeffer replied, this may be the end for now, but really, no, this is just my beginning. Because of the resurrection life of Christ that is at work within us, death is not an end. It is just a doorway that is the beginning of all that God has for us. We glance on this commenting on Bonhoeffer, said this. He had the assurance of God's presence with him and he spoke a word we need to proclaim this Easter. Death isn't the end, but only the beginning for those God has sent. See, the great thing about the gospel that differs it really, I think, from other uh, religious organizations or ideals throughout the ages is most religions have to do with Getting to God by what we achieve, what we do to get to him. And the gospel is such great news because we have relationship with God because of what we receive. It's achievement versus receiving. We receive the truth of the resurrected king that we sang of earlier. And when we do, we walk in this new glorious life. So looking at Romans 6 uh, today, which is a kind of different passage to look at for Easter Sunday. Um, I will try not to teach Romans 1 through 5, uh, but it's really important uh, because Romans 6 feeds off of them. And Paul has been, for five chapters, proclaiming the gospel. He For five chapters, he's been saying, it's not about what you achieve. It's about what you receive from God, the gift of life, The wages of sin is death, right? We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. He talks about the gift we have received as a result of the resurrection of Christ. He talks about how sin entered the world through Adam, the first Adam. But as Dave pointed out in the poem that he read, he recited to us, that through the second Adam who went to the cross, his death allows us life. Death entered the world through the first Adam and sin. Life entered through the death of the second Adam that we now get to walk in. And then in chapter 6, he, he changes and talks about what we receive when we receive the resurrected King. So here we are in chapter 6, and the first thing he says is this, the risen Savior, the resurrected King brings freedom. He brings freedom. What you receive, when you receive the king, is you receive freedom. Chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Again, this is a phrase referring back to the first five chapters. He'll say something like, therefore, or some phrase like this, but he's referring to what he's already said. What can we say? He just talked about how great grace was, how incredible grace is. And he said, what shall we say then? Kind of in response to this incredible gospel message of receiving the risen king. He said, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Because he says before this that grace is greater than sin. Always. Isn't that a good news? Grace always trumps sin. And then he's like, he sees what they're thinking. Oh, that means I can just sin because God's grace is greater, right? Right. And so he's anticipating, what, what, what should we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means, and by the way, when he says by no means, he is, he is saying it stronger than that. You know, the Bible translators don't always like to, I mean, he's basically saying, heck no. You fill in the rest. Heck no, this is not the way we live. In the way, I mean, he's saying it so strongly. This should not even be in our way of thinking. We are those who have what? Died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's why I love doing baptism on Easter Sunday water baptism, immersion. We are baptized into his death. And he goes on and says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You have received freedom because you're dead. Hallelujah. I'm dead. I mean, that's, that's the news. In Christ, the old Bart has passed away. Instead, that old Bart that should be dead to sin, I'm now walking in life. It's freedom. It's death to life. It's, as he's going to say, slavery to freedom. He goes on in verses 6 and 7, for we know our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled, ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. This is the, one of the incredible pictures of the gospel. You are a slave to sin. A slave. Yeah, we, don't, we don't like that. We don't like that ideal. We don't like that idea. No, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul, Right? That's the ideal that the world would put on us. But the biblical truth is this. No, you're not. You are a slave to sin. Slave to sin. How do you know what kind of sin you're in slavery to? Well, anything that brings you significance and security is what equals your master anything that brings you significance and security. so let's say that you find your significance in uh, how much money you make you're going to start making decisions based on how much money you make you you'll find significance in it you'll give time to it you'll you'll give um, your heart to it it's going to dictate really it becomes your master and you follow along because you're finding your significance in it if you have want power and authority, if you want a, a job with a title, if you want an education, and can I say this? None of those things are really bad in and of themselves. The problem is when you find significance and security in them, they will dictate the course of your life. And in turn, you you will become a slave to them. They are your masters. And Paul is trying to point out to the church, the Roman church, That you have died to finding your significance anywhere but Jesus. Find your life in him. And you'll find that you are no longer a slave to one of these things. You're no longer a slave to... Again, you can become a slave to anything. You can become a slave to your family. Some of the moms, you you hear that? You know, kind of thing. But... not that, But a slave to finding significance in being even a good parent. Good things can become bad things because we're so bad. Hello? I mean, good things become bad things because we're so bad. We're inundated with this sin. But because of the resurrection of Christ, because of his crucifixion, we have been set free. He says in verse 12... Of chapter 6. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Now he's speaking to Christians. By the way, if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you're you're a slave to sin. But you can be set free. Everybody who's not a follower of Jesus Christ, who hasn't received the forgiveness of sins. And the life he brings and the freedom is still, from a biblical standpoint, dead in their trespasses and sins. They're still slave to sins. Paul's talking to mainly believers here in the book of Romans. And he's saying to them, this is what Christ has done to you. Now, live like you're alive. Don't let sin, what, reign in your mortal body. Don't give it room to, you're free, act like you're free. Don't act like you're still enslaved. Back in chapter 5, remember I always said he talks about therefore or in light of this. Or in, in, in chapter 5 he said this, For if by the trespass of the one man, who's he talking about, the one man, the trespass of the one man? He's talking about the first Adam. The first Adam who sinned, death and sin entered the world through the first Adam. We crucially believe in a creator who created man, breathed into him the breath of life, gave him instructions, and that one man, Adam, sinned. Adam, human, sinned. And through him, death and sin enters the world. And he said, by the trespass of the one man, death reigned. So what was reigning before Jesus? Death. Before we come to Jesus, death reigns. And he goes on through that one man how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and have the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? We were reigning in death, death reigned, but now because we're followers of Jesus Christ, we reign in life. I I, I want you to get this. I'm stuttering over my words because this this is beyond good news. This is beyond great news. This is unbelievable news. And it is this. When we were prior to Jesus, death reigned, sin reigned. Now we belong to Jesus and life reigned. And the way Paul is putting it is this. Too often, I think, Jesus' followers say something like this. I'll come back over here. Say something like this. Death death reigned, but now life reigns, and I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying not to screw up too bad before I die or before Jesus comes again. That's what I've really got going on. I've got eternal life. I've got heaven. But right now, I'm trying not to mess up. Because, you know, it's being part of the church is trying not to mess up. And it, you know, but I'm going to mess up. So I'll just do the best. Listen, Paul is saying anything but that. We, in other words, sometimes we're, we think we're in life, but really we're giving more credence to our death than we did to our life. He's saying you reign so much more in life because of what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection, you're more alive than you were dead. And you're like, how can I do that? It's just Jesus economy. You're more alive now than you were dead when you were dead. Reign in life. Reign in this life. And he's not talking about a prosperity kind of doctrine. He's saying, let the Spirit of God, you now have the Holy Spirit in dwelling. You walk in freedom before you did it. Now you do. Listen. Can I be forthright with you for a second? I have struggles. I'm still trying to reign in life. I have issues. You're like, oh, sure. Sure, he's got it. I'm going to tell you some of my issues. (laughs) Just to let you know, i got issues. I have an anger management problem. Now, some of you know me real close. You know. Yeah, he does. He's got some some issues. Anger stems from this feeling of frustration or like your, your plans or purposes are being thwarted. Something standing in your way and preventing you from getting to where you think we should be or should be. Some of these things are godly, too. Let me just say, a lot of them are godly. I have godly intent. But something happens in my life that prevents me from fulfilling my godly intent. And rather than saying, God, what what are you wanting to do at this moment? What are you trying to do in my life? I get angry, frustrated. And sometimes I don't say things very good. (laughs) That's a mild confession again. I'm trying to be nice to myself. (laughs) But my tongue is really sharp. Um, It's really, my family has historical lines, not my family here, they do too, but my family when I was being raised, before I had some modicum of self-control, my family has lines, BART lines, where I would say at McDonald's or Baskin Robbins or any other place where service wasn't going well, I was horrid. I mean, really, I was, it was bad. I mean, I wasn't cussing people, but it was just that sarcastic Biting wit. I will throw wit at the end of that line. (laughs) I have fear in my life. I'm afraid of certain things. And the fear is not like I'm afraid somebody's going to jump out and kill me or I'm going to do this. But it's like a fear of underachieving. A fear of not being all that God has called me to be. I have sadness in my life. I have regret and brokenness over past things that have occurred, mainly because starting with anger and then fear, I've reacted badly so that sadness has now come in. And they build on one another. But here's what I want to say. Those things are not me they are not me there're things that raise their ugly heads every so often still i mean i can tell you this has not been a good week for me some of those things have raised their heads in my life and hurt relationships that i'm in and and i i i almost couldn't preach this morning because i'm so regretful but then i started preaching to myself the gospel I reign in life. That's not who I am. Those things are not me. I may have done those, but praise God, I can repent of them. He forgives me. God's grace is greater than my sin. And he's greater than yours too. But the devil will do what he did to me over the last couple of days, which is try and suffocate you with your own failures. And instead, I want to encourage you today to walk in freedom, because the risen Savior brings freedom. The risen Savior, if that's not good enough, I could stop right there, right? Is that not such good news, that you walk in freedom? You you walk and you reign in life? But really, the gospel even takes it to another level. You say, well, what's greater than freedom? Well, You know, when you're free, you're free to roam around, right? You're free to just, I'm free to do whatever. But instead, I am united with him because of the resurrection. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And he goes on and says, for if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his people please take this to the next level as great as freedom is you are not just free you are united with him you are one in god's miraculous economy he puts you with jesus Colossians says, since then you've been raised with Christ, do what? Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father, set your mind on things above not on earthly things, for you died, hallelujah and your life is now hidden with Christ in God you've been united with him you, wait, wait, where are you right now? well physically I'm right here I'm right here at Fullness on Easter Sunday. Glad to be in the church. Glad to be in the house of God. But from a spiritual sense, you are at the right hand of God the Father. Because you've been united with Christ. And it it would help us to not only see that we walk in freedom, but because Jesus Christ rose and ascended, we're with him. We're united with him. Would that not change your perspective of the world around you if you saw things from an ascension point of view? To say, I am, I am so reigning in life that I'm united with Jesus, praise God. Now that won't, you know, some people are like, well, if I get so heavenly minded, I won't be no earthly good kind of thing. You know, for, I think for most of us, you're, I, I guess you're right. You could get there, but we're so far from that I don't think you're about to fall in that ditch. (laughs) Instead, you're so earthly minded, you're still trying to crawl out of that ditch. And that's where freedom comes, right? I'm crawling out of the ditch of earthly mindedness. Now I'm here. Oh, I'm united with Christ. Reign in life with Him. You've been raised. resurrection life is flowing within you so that you're both free and united with him the final point is this and again it gets even even better i have identity in him it says now if we died with christ we believe that we also will live with him for we know that since christ was raised from the dead he cannot die again death no longer has mastery over him the death he died he died to sin how many times for how many this is unbelievable he died once for all but the life he lives he lives to god he goes on and says in the same way count yourselves dead to sin but alive to god in christ jesus Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. You have an identity in him. And he goes on and says, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you're not under the law, but under grace. This is so rich. I, I you know, I love unfolding the Book of Romans just because it's so rich. Here's the, the idea: you're free. You have an unity with Christ. Now you get to identify with Him. I, I here's my new identity. I am no longer that angry, sad, fearful Bart. That's not who I am. I am now reigning in life. Now, you've got your own issues. I mean, those, some of mine may be some of yours, but they're your, you've got your own stuff that you identify with. And here's what happens many times. There's an old parable called the dreamer. It's an old story. And in this story, there's a guy who's a trader, not traitor, but a trader, trades goods. And he hears of a far off land that has never heard of nor tasted onions. So he invests everything he has in this big wagon load of, this is an old story, hang with me, a a whole wagon full of onions and he takes it to the faraway land, and he goes to the king, and he says, I have brought a food that will change your life. If you cook it with the food you have, it'll give it so much more taste. It'll radically change who you are. So the king says, let's taste it. So he cooks up a meal. They start with the common folk, let them eat it. They're, they didn't die. And then, so then they move up to the nobles and finally to the king. And the king says, You're right. This changes everything. Our food is so much better. This is awesome. What can we give you that is this is worth its weight in gold? So they give him gold worth the weight of the onions. And he goes back and he's so happy. He's got this gold. And he's like, You know, if they've never tasted onions, I bet they've never had garlic before. So then he invests in garlic, a wagon full of garlic. He goes off to the far-off land and says, Hey, I'm back. If you thought the onion was great, wait till you taste what I brought you now. And he tastes and he does the same thing and they're like, You're right, this is so great. And he's thinking, if they if they traded me Gold for onions. They're going to give me diamonds for garlic. And the king meets with his advisors and says to them, let's give him the most valuable thing that we have. And so the dreamer leaves with a wagon full of onions. (laughs) In the world's economy, you're changing one idol for another. You're You're not trading up. You're just... Trading over or down. But in the resurrection economy, when you choose Jesus, you are trading up. There's nothing worth hanging on to that compares to the glory of our risen Savior. Every time you choose him, you trade up. We need the glory of the Lord. You need to see who you are. Now, some of you are sitting here saying, i just that that is so unbelievable i that cannot be me listen it's not what you say about you it's not what i say about you it's what god says about you that matters this past week i got a video of my granddaughter to me i I hope you can see this to me this is the very definition of optimism Oh, I got to see it again. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. See, it's not what she in her little head, she's thinking, I can make this basket. Some of us are sitting there and we're looking at us through our eyes, and we know that's you're letting you or the devil identify you and my prayer for you today is to see who you are from god's standpoint you've received freedom you've received a unity with christ you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The worship team is going to come back up right now. And we're going to worship. Because I believe the truth that is imparted to you and me about this resurrection. See, Jesus didn't just rise from the dead, ascend to the right hand of the Father, and leave us here to, to mark out our own path. He, he implanted in us The person of the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, the breath of God to to lead us and guide us and direct us. And I I want you to, I want to encourage you to begin to speak life over yourself. Not just mindless words, but a lot of times you're talking to yourself about who you are. I'm just worthless. I'm horrible. I'm never going to amount to anything. You just curse yourself too often. Instead, if you'll understand that you are free, you're united with Christ, and you identify with him, it'll be like John Stott says, so in practice, we should constantly be reminding ourselves who we are. Listen, I, I have to tell you, you've got to be remembering and reminding because you've got amnesia. You'll forget it pretty quickly. He says, we need to learn to talk to ourselves and ask ourselves questions. Don't you know? He's talking to himself. Don't you know? Don't you know the meaning of your conversion and baptism? Don't you know that you have been united to Christ in his death and resurrection? Don't you know who you are? We must go on pressing ourselves with such questions until we reply to ourselves, yes, I do know who I am. I'm a new person in Christ. And by the grace of God, I shall live accordingly. This morning, I want to pray that if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, that you would receive him as the one who frees you from your bondages, forgives your sins, and that you walk in new life. Not only that, but he becomes the one who leads your life. You unite yourself with him you identify with him and you walk in the freedom that he procured for you when he died on the cross and rose from the grave and i want to pray for you who are followers of jesus christ that you would speak to yourselves by the power of the holy spirit to say this is not who i am for me as i was saying i'm not this angry fearful sad person I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus who walks in the fullness of life. Let the wind of the Spirit blow through your heart afresh and anew today. Stand up with me. Lord, I pray for every single person in this room. I pray that your life would flow in us, your fl- life would flow to us, your life would flow through us. I pray that we would, we would walk in the freedom of life today. Lord, there are people today here who need freedom, freedom that comes with knowing Jesus Christ. There are people who are followers of Christ who need freedom from bondages that have long ensnared them. There are people here today who need freedom to know that grace rules and reigns in their lives and that they are no longer a slave to sin, but instead, united with Jesus. We are one with him and we identify with him. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of God, flow in this place. Wind of the Spirit, just flow through this place, touching our hearts and lives, drawing us to Jesus and setting us free. I want to encourage you. We're going to just worship for a minute before we go on this Easter. Let the wind of the Spirit, let the presence of the Spirit, let the person of the Spirit touch your heart and your life.